The Fontenelle Final Bell Podcast is presented by Fontenelle Hybrids. The solutions you need, the relationships you trust. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Sue Martin joins us with Ag and Investment out of Webster City, Iowa. And I tell you, Sue, it is a great day to talk soybeans. If anybody missed the market trade today, we saw some ups and downs to start out the trade action with a lot of, um, I think, nervousness this morning going into the trade. And boy, beans sure proved everybody wrong. Oh, they did. The bean market really came on strong. Um, I will have to say... Um, you know, I kind of wonder if a little bit of help came out of Goldman Sachs. Uh, over the holiday, um, they put out a wire and they stated uh, that they felt that commodities were, um, felt that the commodities were over or undervalued, I should say. And uh, also that uh, we would have um, um, the bean market pretty well priced in for the trade tariffs. And they felt that by the end of the year, we would see uh, commodities 10% higher or more. And so, you know, they were, they were, they were noted uh, last um, uh, December that uh, Goldman Sachs came out and uh, stated that they thought crude oil would be higher and energies would be uh, one of the key markets for 2018 and look what crude oil did. So after they put that out uh, on the 4th or over the 4th of July holiday weekend, it certainly, I think, kicked into high gear here today. And of course, a lot of funds and fund traders and what have you do watch. And it's kind of like buy the rumor, sell the fact, only in the reverse this year, um, you know, with the tariffs going into effect here today. And so $34 billion worth of tariffs goes into effect and um, on Chinese goods. And then another $16 billion goes in in two weeks. And that'll fulfill the $50 billion worth of trade tariffs. And um, then we look at uh, China. And then we look at uh, China and uh, we note that uh, uh, China of course retaliated with $34 billion uh, likewise back and of course soybeans and sorghum were on those lists but uh, there is talk that if they did retaliate which they did he was going to add another $200 billion in tariffs and I've even heard some uh, saying it may reach up towards $500 billion in tariffs so there's going to be some of this ongoing and as far as um, um, the uh, NAFTA uh, agreement possibility, we won't see any of that until we get um, probably into the elections this fall and get that over with. And then they go back to work on that. So uh, for now, it's kind of like a status quo, I guess. And, you know, China has to be believing that these tariffs are going to be here for a while because they're dropping barriers around the world and opening up the door for imports from all these little countries, uh, be it whether it's Indonesia, Vietnam, Philippines, uh, France, UK, uh, you name it. And I thought it was interesting because they did also put on a tariff of 50% on U.S. beef um, depending on the cut that it was and so you know we're just kind of really getting started but we've annihilated all on anticipation you know futures are the future 
And it does make for a very interesting marketing trade, especially on a Friday when we kind of expected a, a lackluster kind of maybe even lower trade action. When was the last time beans traded like they did today? Oh, it's been a long time. I mean, we've seen a big day, um, you know, back in April when we had the markets uh, uh looking at uh, the tariffs and they were first talking about them you know we had a huge day that day uh from lower money and then turning higher kind of a reversal and it set the stage for more of a rally and we may be doing that here again today and keep in mind soybeans did make new lows um mark the lowest level for a lead contract since the uh, lows were struck at 776 and a quarter back in 2008 we look at the the corn and the wheat. Were they kind of just pulled along by what we saw happening in the soybeans today, or do they have their own agenda? I think they were pulled along. Um, the wheat, you know, we're looking at the harvest pretty much being done. Um, concerns uh, continuing on uh, French wheat and also on Germany, and as well as, of course, out of the Black Sea, Romanian and uh, Russian wheat. Um, I think that's kind of allowing for the market to continue to look at that. And then we also have hot, dry weather in the forecast here, and we're just going into that now. So that's adding for the market to be a little stronger and add maybe a little weather premium into the corn, especially if we're running out of selling on beans. It's going to allow for the market to try to put some weather premium back in on corn because we're entering the uh, critical time of uh, tasseling and pollination. You talked about the, the, the movement of beans. Is there still logistic concerns going on in Brazil or has that kind of died down with the truckers? Well, it's kind of dried, um, it's dying down. Um, part of the problem was that in Brazil, uh, there was an issue, you know, with the truckers and it caused uh, backlogs of product getting to the uh, ports. And of course, they do have a, a, a large amount of ships, you know, backing up to, to be loading. So they're going to be shipping, but uh, basically, I think that uh, the trucker strike did kind of still back up stuff on farms. Uh, prices were getting so cheap, farmers weren't selling. And so I think that uh, now we start to get a move like this and, you know, you uh, keep the dollar higher. Um, that should then help entice maybe some farmers selling out of Brazil. But the one thing we got to keep in mind when we come to weather is that there is a, a, what appears to be a drought forming in Brazil. And it's really a large one encompassing a chunk of that country. All right, well, stick around. We've got more coming up with Sue Martin. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell right here on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Sue Martin joining us with Ag and Investment out of Webster City, Iowa. Export numbers kind of soft, Sue, on the, on the corn side of the trade this week. Well, it was. And I think that, um, you know, it, it's kind of interesting that the exports were softer on corn because that's the one area we've been seeing such excellent demand. And, of course, you know, corn going to Mexico and uh, South Korea and what have you. But it may be, too, that we're heading into the harvest or harvesting the second crop of corn out of Brazil. And that is the crop that gets exported. So it might be that we're just seeing a little competition. But 
flipping over on beans for a minute, Brazilian beans are are very overpriced, 17% higher than uh, U.S. soybeans out of the Gulf. Recent cancellations coming from China, is that going to continue to have an effect on the trade? Well, I think that we, you know, it's expecting that we will see some cancellations. Now, China does not have... um, corn per se in the tariffs they have sorghum and so the fear would be well we back up sorghum here and it competes against corn for you know like feed usage or what have you um but all in all i think at the end of the day the prices are just so cheap and the demand around the world is so good and stocks are tightening around the world the only thing is as we go into next week supply demand numbers on the 12th we're going to need to keep in mind that there's a million more acres that the government's going to deal with in this report and it's going to be interesting to see how they shake that down but in all likelihood the carryout's going to go up and numbers looked pretty decent or status quo shall we say for the wheat trade certainly does and wheat has been picking up a little bit of business here lately so you know the wheat market i think is um you know, we're entering the, we're coming closer towards the end of harvest on the hard red winter wheat. Soft red is getting harvested. Um, I will say this. I continue to hear talk that uh, the yields and the wheat crop looks much better to the northern part of Kansas. And so, you know, we'll see that that's a crop yet to fully get harvested. But it, the wheat is winding down, and then you start pulling hedge pressure off. Basis levels are still very, very good. Jump over to what we're seeing on the livestock side. Obviously, Sue, it was a shortened week with Wednesday being off for the uh, 4th of July, but the cattle today really saw some, as one guy described it, explosions late in today's trading session. Well, it did. Uh, the cash trade uh, took place in Colorado. It was all over the place, but there was cash trade in Nebraska and Colorado as high as 114. Packers were short bought for the end of the week for the second shift in many plants, not to mention doing a Saturday kill. And so, you know, they were trying to bid for the cattle that they could get. You know, the cow slaughter is up about 14% from a year ago. And if you were to take the cow slaughter out of the mix, we really would not have a wall of cattle. And I think the Packers done an excellent job of pulling cattle ahead and pulling them ahead and helping us manage the numbers. Um, but this is usually the time of the year. And if you've got heat coming in, that the product would soften and it has been softening. But I just think the demand for beef is excellent. And you look at um, the uh, cow cutout. And it's been holding around 175 for a long time. That usually means then that your demand for a hamburger is very, very good. And so, you know, what happens if you ever get through all of this, what they deem as a wall of cattle, and we start to go into tighter supplies? Um, you know, I do think our calf crop down the road is going to be smaller. And so I just look at the uh, cattle market. I do think that we were kind of, I thought the market didn't act real good today. It had a nice early move, and then it just sort of just died on the vine as all the focus was on the grains. And then the cattle market ended up coming down. Yeah, we closed steady on August fats. But to be honest with you, I thought it was a a disappointing close today. Well, and you know, it doesn't surprise many. I mean, a 14% increase. We have heard so many um, reports of Oklahoma and southern Kansas selling off cows because there's just nothing to feed them right now. 
That's exactly right. And with the heat that we're hearing, uh, much above the above normal temps and below normal precept coming back in, um, it's certainly going to impact ponds. And they, you know, guys are telling me that their ponds are just kind of drying up. Yet you go to the north, pastures have got to be in great shape. Um, I know that, you know, we have a lake resort area in northwest Iowa and, um, the water levels, the highest it's been since 1993. And there were rains, heavy rains in Minnesota that feed their way down um, that were happening over the holiday. And so, you know, they've got um, no wake. Um, in other words, boats can only go five mile an hour. What's the best way for folks to reach you, Sue? Well, my number is 1-800-527-0051. And what a nice way to end the week. Let's have more of them. Very much so. That's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.